0: All right, everybody, we're back in studio, Pete and Faz, and, and Pete not on the phone this week, in studio with me
1: twice in about a week span, uh, I get to see my man Pete Feldman, Pete how's it going, dude? Everything's good, uh, easy ride up here today, so no problems at all, uh, I, I may hold my phone against my ear while we do this, just because I've, I've grown a little bit of a comfort level with that, Yeah. so we'll see how that goes, go for it, you, you do whatever
0: you gotta do, but uh Yeah, it's good to have you in studio. So, you know, hope I was just explaining to you that I I had my whole little audio thing rigged here. So, if uh, anything sounds a little different or off, uh, we'll we'll figure it out. But uh, I screwed it up. I'm sorry. Nah, you're good. It's good to have you uh, in studio. This actually funny because I I I keep like talking about my new board I got, which I'm like obsessed with. and this, I think you're like the, I, I've, I've tried to get Jenna to record with me like 5,000 times. She's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah maybe like tomorrow or the next day or the day after. There's so. a
1: lot of colors on it. Yeah. yeah it's, it's very, very, it's very pretty. It's
0: color coded.
1: So, and actually we'll I, I put some sound bites in there with the draft. So we'll get that going too. So, you know, I feel like it should be shared with everybody. So I'm going to, I'm going to take a picture of it and I'm going to send it out on the Pete and Faz Facebook page. Yeah, make sure you get my uh, nineteen ninety five Huberav
0: spelling bee championship oh, trophy in there. Well, hang on, yeah, then that's really the hang on the highlight of the room.
1: Oh, oh, you got your thumb up. Do you want me to get you in it also? No,
0: nah, yeah, I'm out. I'm out. Okay,
1: there we go. So that's gonna all, that's gonna go out on the newly created Keaton right. Faz Facebook page. That's right. Like it's two thousand seven all over again. We have a.
0: We're all over the place. There's a Facebook page. Uh, we don't have an Instagram page. Maybe we, that'll be the next uh, adventure. But uh, I know. Okay. <laughs> we have we have a lot of things going on. But yeah, we do have the the Twitter page at Pete and Faz. The Facebook page is it just Pete and Faz? Same thing. Just uh,
1: the Pete and Faz show. The, the Pete and Faz. Okay. Uh, or or Pete and Faz. You know, I got I always forget. Uh, well, don't, don't forget. We also have an email address now. I don't. What is that? Again? <laughs> Not, so I usually have
0: a crib sheet. I don't. I don't have all my stuff. So
1: the Facebook page is the Pete and Faz Show. Okay. The Twitter is Pete and Faz Show. Mm-hmm. And the email. I want to thank you for your uh, excellent internet service here. I do. I actually. It's funny. My
0: whole life, and I told you when I the Tom's River House. We could never get the internet good there. I think, there were, you know, it's like, like when they bury the wires, like branches sometimes hit it and it like screws it all up. We had something going like that. Like they would send people out. It was it was always a shit show and I could never get it right. And then other places I lived, it's, it's been all right. For whatever reason, We're at, we, what do we have here? Optimum, I think. It's like amazing, the internet here. Yeah. Like, I, like knock on wood, it's like, it's fantastic. It's like the best
1: internet I've ever had. So the email is pete and faz Show at gmail.com. Okay, Pete and Faz show at gmail.com, at Pete at petenfast. So we
0: we got all kinds of stuff going on, and uh, we want to be accessible to our fans. We're everywhere. Last week we have last week's show on on WGBB. That's on all their stuff at WGBB Sports Talk. So you can check us out everywhere. We're we're we're, we're an open book at this point. We're easy to find. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're <laughs> we can be bought, and we're pretty much an open book. So, but actually, lots to talk about, which. Uh, It's good to have Pete in studio here or in basement here, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Draft uh, just got wrapped up this weekend. And uh, we're both giant fans. We'll start.
1: We'll we'll start with them. Uh, Your feelings. What what a whirlwind. Because I'm sure you do the same thing that I do. Uh, before the draft, you start looking at mock drafts and, and all kinds of things. And of course you're like me, you'll watch the college football games all season. Yeah. So you'll have an idea in your head who you want the giants to go get. But the, the great thing about those mock drafts is it gives you a little bit more of an insight into what other teams are thinking. Cause sometimes that gets lost in the shuffle. And then the giants go out, they hired Dave Gettleman a few years ago and, and the big The big thing with him, the big narrative has been he does not trade down. So when you're looking at those mock drafts, you start thinking things like, well, all these people, these are all realistic, realistic options for the Giants. And then they turn around this year, and we we spoke about this a little bit before we went off the air. If there was ever a year to do it, it was this year. Suddenly, Dave Gettleman (laughs) breaks the narrative he trades down twice, once in the first round, once in the second round. Uh, I, I don't know if that happens, if the Eagles don't leapfrog him and, and grab Devontae Smith. Uh, it seemed like that was somebody they were eyeing. They were will, they were ready to take him. Deal with the, deal with the devils there, huh? Absolutely. Uh, it, it, they, they lose out on Devontae Smith. So what do you do? You trade down. And I just remember thinking... I never saw this coming. Yeah. He, he flipped the
0: script on everybody with that one for sure. I I mean, it just never happened. It just, it it really does show the Joe judge influence, you know, coming from the Patriots world where that's the norm where you know, Belichick is just always kind of maneuvering around. And, uh, but, but it, you know, my, it was funny because with all the narrative going on that you're, you're describing coming into the draft and how he doesn't trade back, the, the fear is that you force it and you just do it. You know, and not that Gettleman is like, he doesn't strike me as that kind of guy, but it's like, I hope he just doesn't do it just for the hell of it, just to do it and get, you know, and he always says he didn't want to get fleeced. Well, he certainly didn't get fleeced. I mean, he got a hell of a hell of a haul back. Um, yeah, And, you know, it, it, you know it, it sucked what happened with Devontae Smith, but they quickly adjusted. And, I mean, talks had started at pick seven, he said with Ryan Pace. I mean they, they kind of laid the groundwork and then pick seven uh you know Ryan Pace it, it intensified and then they were targeting Justin Fields. You get back a fifth round pick this draft, which then they dealt to, to move up, and then a first and a four next year, which we were just talking about before we started recording. The the next year's draft, because the intel process was all messed up this year, next year pick next year's picks
1: are are regarded as gold right now. It's a deep class, and you'll have better information. You'll have better information. It's a deep class. There's a cap crunch coming. You're going to need those rookie contracts on your roster. If there was ever a time for Dave Gettleman to break the narrative, to trade back, it was was this year, and he got a haul for it. And then he did it again in the second round. Yeah, and, and that
0: time, and I don't know if you saw this thing, there, the Eagles draft room when they took their third round pick, I, 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 the name is not all uh, in front of me right now. Um, when they were kind of doing their high-fiving, Tom Donahue, Donahoe and Howie Roseman had this awkward interaction because I believe they wanted uh, uh, Aaron Robinson. Some people in the Eagles or, you know, and there were some disconnect there. So the Giants got a little measure, a tiny bit, measure of revenge. Uh, back sure. in, that, in
1: that whole sequence. I'm sure there's a contingent in there that that wanted him. Uh, the one thing about him is he can fly. And, and he's a press kind of man,
0: man cover corner, which Patrick Graham has wanted. And now, because that's the thing, with the way the Giants offense, defense runs, if you're not going to generate a, much of a pass rush from the edge guys, then you need great cover guys. And the Giants after Bradbury last year, I mean, it, they got a little bit better down the stretch, but just, it was an, it was a, it was not a strength of the team. And certainly the edge rushing was not. So now the cupboard is full of defensive
1: backs who can, you know, who can cover. They, uh, they, they keep adding back there. We go back and we, I, I'm pretty sure we talk, we've talked about this every single podcast that we've had. And the Dory Jackson signing is so huge for that uh, defensive backfield. Yeah. And, and, and now you add, A middle-round draft pick that can fly, that can cover. He can do a lot of different things for you. He fits in seamlessly into Patrick Graham's defense. Uh, The the Giants, while maybe they didn't grab that stud defensive player, or or maybe they did in, in Aziz Olajari. Yeah. They they're still reshaping the look of this defense, and it is it, it's constantly changing. It, it's constantly getting a little bit better, a little bit better, and fitting into that Joe Judge Patrick Graham model, uh, w- which is really something that they've been trying to do. And and we knew they've been trying to do it. Yeah, and
0: yeah, again with with uh, Azizul Ajari, like Zach Rosenblatt mentioned him on our on our podcast that there was a guy that he believed the Giants had interest in and maybe thought that if he was still available at the end of the first round, the Giants may try to jump back in to get him. That was something he specifically said. So for the Giants to get him where they did and, again, still pick up draft draft capital, you know, short-term and long-term, it just seemed like they had a very... Like, sometimes I watch Giants drafts and I, I feel like they miss on just... You know, it's like they're not even in on some guys who clearly the top tier teams are looking at there. It seems like they have some blind spots. It seemed like they had not only, and, and that they don't always dr- like grasp how to maneuver the draft board. This time it seemed like they, their scouting was spot on. It seemed like they understood where the value was, was if they can move up and, you know, move down certain spots, move up and pick up got, uh, draft picks. Like it just seemed like a
1: different kind of flow to how everything was working. It, it, it goes back to what we've said before in that this draft, uh, there were so many wild cards uh, between players opting out, uh, the different COVID protocols. You didn't get the scouting that you really needed into this year's draft. So the Giants took a little bit of a different approach. And no, no matter how you look at it, they have a few picks that they've brought in, including some of their high picks that are projects and that's okay uh cadarius tony they're going to work on different ways to fit him into the offense it's not going to be a straight all right he's opposite kenny galladay or he's opposite sterling shepherd or shepherd's in the slot and he's opposite Gall-. It, they're going to find different ways to use that whether it's in the backfield whether it's returning kicks there's a lot of different ways to use them and and they're going to find those different ways. And that's that's really, it seemed like the point of this draft was to find players who can do different things for you. Yeah, and Judge always
0: does talk about having the versatility, having fast guys, um, good leaders. But yeah, with, with Kadarius, Tony specifically, I mean, they haven't had a weapon like him in some time. A guy who can flat out fly, make people miss, line up in different spots, as you're saying, and, and you referenced kind of the process for, for the draft here. And um, it was a very tricky process with COVID and everything. You didn't get a lot of up-close time with players. But Zach Rosenblatt, again, who, who who's you know friend of the show, I would say now, um, asked a great question to Joe Judge at his press conference where uh, it said five of the guys they drafted played in the senior bowl. So, the Giants did get time with those players and got to, you know, kind of see them up, in, up close and personal. And Joe, he asked Joe Judge about that, if that, you know, was played an important part. So, this is what uh, Judge's answer was to that.
2: Yeah, for me, they're crucial. All right. I, I don't really like adding someone to our team or, or I can't really have a strong enough opinion on someone if I haven't really had good enough interaction with them as a person. And there's no better opportunity to sit down with somebody, look at my eye. And really ask them tough questions that you need to answer and get a feel for them as a person. So, you know, a number of these guys at the senior bowl we came away with, obviously with you know, the ability to have a strong enough opinion. To be honest with you, the guys you only see on tape, if you don't have enough interaction with, you may like them as a player, and there's just something missing that you can't really stand on a table and say, This guy fits our locker and this guy fits our culture. So the interactions are definitely crucial for us.
0: So that answer right there gives me a lot of insight to judge in terms of just how he views kind of an overall like, you know, guys he would draft, but also how they approach this year's process and how, why next year's picks are so valuable because this year's process was so like wacky and it, it you know, it gave that gives a lot of insight to where their, you know, where they were head like
1: their brains were in this draft. It, it goes to show you just how important the face time is to this regime to get that face time with these players that you may draft and and see how they're going to fit into your locker room and see how they're going to fit in with the veterans and the younger players and 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 really the entire roster because it's it's more than what you can do just on the field and the one of the things i took away from that was he hit one of the major themes that that we've had on these New York Giants, and and what Joe Judge brings to this, and that's the culture. And he just yeah. flat out told you, absolutely. And um, that, and, and from every quote I've read
0: and heard, uh, Kadarius Tony won them over. You know, especially kind of during the Senior Bowl kind of process and on um, his personality that they they just liked what he brought to the table. And this is a quote. From, this is a soundbite from Kadarius Tony where. Um, you know, he he said the Giants were clearly interested in him, and especially once that you know, because he was going to go in that kind of eighteen to twenty five range. That was where he was pretty much pegged. Um, they once they traded down, then he felt like it was real that the Giants may may come for him uh, at, uh, at twenty.
2: Oh uh, yeah, leading up, I had like a few like zone calls, like consistently. You know I'm saying with the GM and the head coach. You know what I'm saying I found their interest, like, the interest, like, at a, at a like, high peak in a way. So, you know I'm saying? I, I had my, like, eyes locked in on them, man. Like, uh, whatever, like, wherever they were moving to, like, pick 20. Like, you know what I'm saying? Wherever they was going, I had my eyes on, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know who, you know what I'm saying? Who was, like, really interested in me and who wasn't. So,
0: you know, it, it just, it, it all kind of, you know, if, if you look at this like a puzzle with a lot of different pieces that came together, it all kind of makes, it crystallized now. Like, it all makes sense, right? I mean, in, in my opinion.
1: It it remains to be seen if these picks are going to work out or not. Uh, And and we're not going to know that for years at this point. But it definitely seems like they targeted certain players and they were able to move back to get them and acquire more draft picks. And if you can do that, especially for next year... That, that's the gold mine. They struck gold yeah, on this.
0: Yeah, and that's all you can ask for. Literally, I mean, you know, so after so many swings and misses in the draft with John, you know, especially on high, you know, uh, on, on some of their high picks, you know, they, they've missed on a lot of, especially like second and third round guys, which really are the guys who really build the roster up. When you hit on those second and third, fourth round guys, you can build your roster up at a cheap price, you know, quickly. They have not done fantastic with that over the last decade, let's say.
1: So they've, been, they've been horrible at that yeah
0: and so the fact that there seems to be a a process and you know a kind of a ph- philosophy that they are sticking to from you know in, in the type in the t- type of players they want to bring in and down the line then to confidently kind of execute it and no you know not just be struck, hung up on one guy and chasing you know what i mean it, they they were like okay you know we it seemed like they they described the process a lot of like in each range of picks, there's like five guys they, they, they're kind of looking at. And, you know, if they think that they can maybe still get them five, six picks for now, maybe trade let, trade
1: down. Like, you know what I mean? There's there's at least a process. And that's all you can ask for at this point. In the last decade, the, the Giants have made the playoffs twice. One of those is a Super Bowl win. And that was a decade ago. And the reason that they only made the playoffs twice in that decade, or one of of the major reasons they only made the playoffs twice in that decade was because they did not hit on those mid-round picks. That two through five range where you need to hit, and a lot of those years, they didn't even hit on the first round pick. It's been the horrible, horrible drafting previous to Dave Gettleman. It remains to be seen if Dave Gettleman's picks are going to be good or not. You you, you need a few years before you can make that judgment. But the the lack of... Of drafting ability, especially over the last decade, has given the, has, has caused the Giants to be the worst this franchise has been, at least in my lifetime. Yeah. Uh, you you can go back to, you know, this the seventies the when they were terrible up until the Bill Parcell's era. Which I, is I would, what John Mara always referenced. He's been, right. he's been you know alluding to that look i wasn't there i can't i, I can't harp on that i don't know I, I I wasn't there for it i didn't see it why why were you not there well, you have to blame my parents for that one i will. they, they I needed will. to meet a few years yeah. earlier uh but they for my lifetime and your lifetime this last decade has been as Bad as it has been for this team but there seems to be now a new philosophy a new way of doing things and it remains to be seen if it's going to work out or not but but the hope is hey at least it's something different and again and and
0: look at this you know I, i'm i have look sometimes i can be too optimistic of a fan even in lean times like this clearly is but i i know i'm reasonable and and right now i look at this i i feel like again there's a process in place i trust joe judge I even trust you know, I think he gets a little too much criticism because I think he inherited a, a ship that was already a horrible sunk. situation. So you know what I mean? I, I think that he has, you know, and that's fine. Whatever he, you know, not that we need to coddle him, but I, I, I and, not, and he hasn't been perfect. But I think he inherited a, like a, a, a ship that was much lower than people want to admit when he took it over. Well,
1: he did hire Pat Shermer, <laughs>
0: what well, not great, but he, but then he did hire Joe Judge. <laughs> so far, so good. And, uh it just seems like the team is back on the right track again it remains to be seen how these guys pan out but the and now and if you combine the free agency hall and the draft hall plus the, the picks they picked up I mean if you're a giant fan who's not happy or optimistic given where things were at the previous two three four five seasons then you're just one of those people who's never going to be happy because this is as as much you know whatever it's still Needs to translate on the field. But if you can't be at least optimistic or reasonably, like, happy, then you're not one of those people who gets happy about the Giants.
1: That's the type of person that he watches his favorite team win the Super Bowl and while they're celebrating worries about the cap hit next year. Yeah, like, I mean, you just, at some point,
0: like, you know what I mean? So if you want to, you know, if you were somebody who wanted the Giants to reform how they did things, that has happened. They yes. quickly too. Yes, quickly. You know, this went from again from a, from a franchise that was really, you know, again, it's not. I'm not saying that they're back to being a Super Bowl contender. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not saying that at all. But this was a really, really sunken ship, and there is reason for hope now. There is. Re- there are a lot of good, exciting young players on this roster now. They they finished out the season strong last year, so you have to at least be optimistic. Or, you know, or excited.
1: And, and if you're not, then, like, I don't know. like You're, you're probably just a malcontent. One of the things that, you know, in, in this whole talk about the Giants that we kind of just, we mentioned briefly, but I, I, I think we need to talk about it a little more, hit it a little bit harder, is just how great of an insight into this team Zach Rosenblatt had. Yeah. Uh, Zach Rosenblatt nj.com uh, the star Ledger he covers the Giants he was on with us on WGbb uh, last week last Sunday and he just everything he told us from targeting a wide receiver in the first round he, yep. he his pick was Devontae Smith if the Eagles don't trade up, he nails that yeah he he told us that the the Giants in-house their front office in-house Liked the offensive line, or liked the makeup of the offensive line more than anybody was giving them credit for, and then they go into this draft and and they didn't touch the offensive line. No. He hit that one on them and head they made also. A, and and in their press conferences may specifically said that
0: yes, that we are more confident in our group, especially our young guys who they drafted last year, than outside of you know this organization. So and then continue. no, no, he he hit this draft on the head, and, and then he the other name he mentioned was Aziz uh, Olajari. Yes. And he said that, the, you know, he's, he told us that if they were, um, if he was, if he was still out there end of first round, early second round, they may try to jump up and get him. But it, again, and it shows you that they did end up taking him, but you know, th- they were confident in how things would fall and, and didn't do anything like reckless or, you know, they jump. knew,
1: they knew they could trade and back. A few
0: spots. I have a quote from him, a soundbite from him too.
2: Oh, yeah, you are getting a great person, a student, the game, just ready to learn, ready to learn from the best of the best and come in ready to work every single day, just knowing I can get better and learn from the best and just ready to compete. I'm ready to compete. I'm an all-around player. I can do it all for the team. Whatever the team wants me to do, I'm ready to work. I'm all in, just ready to go. Trying to win games, win Super Bowls. All right,
0: so that's uh, uh, Aziz Olajari. And, yeah, Zach Rosenblatt, you, great point that that – and especially, too, the, the thing – this stood out with me um, in our interview before the draft on, on the WGBB show. He 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 mentioned a few times the offensive line quote that you just said, and he really it was it was true. I mean, it, they had a million opportunities to take offensive linemen, and clearly, whether it was they didn't didn't love the guys in this draft, or just like their guys, you know, valued them more, or just felt like there was other pressing more pressing needs. I mean. Look, that's the, the, at the end of the day, with all the things they have done, free agency draft down the line, the offensive line is still going to be what makes or breaks this team. So, that is that it's going to like that to me is the most significant kind of bet and gamble that Gettleman and Judge are making. That they didn't really, you know, I mean, they in many ways took away from their offensive line by cutting Kevin Zeitler. So they are really making a significant bet that this young group is going to get the job done and protect Joe, uh, Daniel Jones to be able to get you know, the ball out to all these new
1: weapons. I, I wouldn't be surprised if before uh, they go to camp, if, if they don't bring in a veteran offensive lineman. You're not going to get a stud, but, but somebody who's been around the block a few times because you do need some sort of a veteran presence on that line. Somebody just in some sort of leadership role. But I want to go back to that quote from Olajari. He, first of all, how excited did he sound? Yeah. Second of all, he hit on every word you want to hear: win, team, all of that, and it goes Super, Super Bowl. Super Bowl. It goes back to the culture that, or the culture shift that this regime has brought in, and uh, th- those words they they fit in. Those are things that. Look over the last twenty five years. That's something you would hear out of someone in a New England Patriot jersey. Oh yeah, and and, and you could see Joe Judge is a disciple of Bill Belichick, yeah. just based on the guys they bring in here. Yeah, it's not. Yeah,
0: exactly. You're right. It's not all the me 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 mm-hmm. kind of stuff. It is very much team. You know, uh, I like it. I mean, look, we'll we'll see. Look, if it if it's a if it's a five and a eleven or whatever, it was a five and twelve <laughs> season this year you know then that's all for that's all kind of like hollow to me but i i feel like they got
1: something kind of cooking here i really do on on may 2nd as we're recording this they are doing and saying all the right things and we both reserve the right to change our mind once once the season starts i think the schedule comes out may 12th we'll we'll decide then but as of now yeah. very happy about what everybody
0: is saying, yeah, I, I can't. Like I said, between the draft and free agency, I'm I'm as happy as I've been in an off season and some time as a Giant fan. And then I feel like things are kind of, you know, a lot of the last years of the Eli era were a little disjointed too because it was just this awkward kind of transition. And you know, I finally feel like this team is back on track and headed, you know, ascendant. We'll say that, like you know, that doesn't mean Super Bowl. Quite yet, but I feel like they are an ascending team, and I think the rest of the league would view them as such as well.
1: Since they won the Super Bowl, and and maybe you want to throw in uh, that what was it, 2016, when they won 10 or 11 games and made the playoffs after they had brought in a, you know a million guys on defense and yeah. free agency. But this is about as exciting as it's been for this team in the last 10 years. And I'm not going to lie, it's that's a little embarrassing. You'd hope for... a, a in lean times. A, you'd hope for something a little more to be excited about. But but like you said, they, they seem to be trending in the right direction. No doubt.
0: And uh, so we'll, we'll move to the Jets here. And um, look, we knew, you know, they, there wasn't a lot of suspense at the top of the draft. Everybody knew they were taking Zach Wilson, which is why, you, you know, I mean, for what we're doing here, you know, it's more... it's It's more kind of compelling to talk it was it's been more compelling to preview the Giants stuff because of the mystery you know you didn't know what the giants were going to do the zach wilson thing was kind of set in stone but now you know now that we see who else the jets have surrounded him with i mean look they uh we're talking about teams going in the right direction i mean the jets have also i think made you know we're gonna put aside the the jets kind of laughing stock jokes especially because first of all Giants fans are in no no place to talk. No, but you know, you know the Jets though. You know, look, they they figure out ways to kind of trip over themselves sometimes. But between the moves they've made in free agency and and you know they cleared out a lot of kind of contracts, they brought in new guys, and they had a ton of picks that they they've been stockpiling over the last few years. I mean, this is another team I think is headed in the right direction. They they they, they have uh, they are starting to build a roster out.
1: For, for the Jets, it is, it obviously, I'm not going to say anything that nobody doesn't already know or that everybody doesn't already know. This, this draft is going to hinge on Zach Wilson. Is he going to be the guy? Because they've tried for a lot of years now to find that franchise quarterback, and it has not worked out. Is Zach Wilson going to be the, the, the difference maker for this team? Is he going to buck that trend of... You know the the Mark Sanchezs and, and 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 everybody else that they they've done uh, Sam darnold, all all these guys that they've brought in, all these quarterbacks that just haven't been the guy. And the one thing that I think they got right here is is supplementing the Zach Wilson pick yeah. with Elijah Vera Tucker, yeah, he's he's a good player. Um,
0: many believe the the best offensive lineman in this draft. Sam Darnold's probably looking on like really like I've I, you guys trade me and now you surround this guy you, you sign Corey Davis in free agency um Elijah Moore who was a, I thought I actually a potential target for the Giants once they moved down I, I um you know I wouldn't have been uh upset with that one as well Michael Carter who can fly so you know they, they and yeah. another Michael Carter yeah and and you know now you have Beckton and, and Vera Tucker on the left side of your line I mean you have pieces to build with look. So now for me, the thing is look, Zach Wilson had a great year last year. No doubt about it. Impressive workout stuff, all, all that. My questions about him and, and he says all the right things he's got here. I'll, I'll play. Here's this, is, this is him uh, talking about being drafted by the jets and the importance of the number two.
2: Yeah. It's spot. been surreal. You know, I, I can't really explain the emotions, uh, you know, going into the whole thing, but you know, I'm so excited to have this opportunity to be here. Um, you know, we actually got into to New Jersey this morning, and, uh, you know, beautiful place. You know, we were flying in Sorry. over the top, saw a bunch of golf courses, which is good. And, uh, and, you know, I'm not a very good golf player, but, you know, I'm getting there. Uh, but it was a blast. You know, I've, I've had a great time, you know, sharing this moment with my fr- my friends and family. And, um, you know, my family came in this morning, and they, and they love it. You know, we, uh, we've we been at the facility, and we've, we're having a blast.
0: So, he says all the right things. Yes. Right? And, and here, I'm. Play, let's play one more, and then we'll let's... Discuss. This was uh, one other one, and uh, I he's talking about being grateful uh, for being the number two pick.
2: You know, and all, all I can really take away from it is, is just gratitude and and you know how thankful I am to even be in this situation. You know, understanding the highs and the lows, and uh, you know, really, I just got to earn my stripes now. You know that that draft spot is really just an opportunity to come in here and, and work as hard as I can. You know, to be one of the dudes, make some make some good connections with these guys, and get everything I have every day.
0: Okay, so. All the platitudes says all the right things. Clearly his you know, work. That's the word you want to hear. You want to hear the word work. So this is, and look, he he did all the things he needed to do on the field. You know, he had a great year, no doubt about it. He aced clearly all the post, the after the season stuff and and draft process stuff. Because um, everybody viewed him as the consensus number two. I did not. I still believe Justin Fields was definitely the number two quarterback in this, player in this draft, quarterback, what you want to say? I also think he may end up being the best long-term pro in this draft. That's my personal opinion from what I've seen. I've watched this kid since high school. I, I think that to me is where, the, and, and I understand, this is my personal taste in this one, where I would have built around Justin Fields because I think he's that good and, and still growing as a player. But Zach Wilson, the, the the thing with him is that, yeah, he says all the right things. He work, He works hard by all accounts. But if they're not having success, or he's struggling a bit, and he, look, he, my two knocks on him: he's a little undersized, and I don't know about the competition thing right now. You know, what I mean, he went, to, he played at BYU, he played very well there. And BYU, look, it's not the, a top, top, top program, but for whatever the Mountain West Conference, they are a very good team. It'd be like Gonzaga kind of deal; like they're they're good, and they play. You know, they try to schedule up when when they can. But I still have questions about how he's gonna fare against top competition and then in a media market like this, because he's a little bit of a pretty boy. His family has a, I think his uncle founded JetBlue. His family's got like a ton of money. So those are the types of things. I know it sounds silly, but like those are the types of things where if you're not playing well and he's, you know, like he doesn't have, even though he says the right things, he doesn't look like the lunch pail kind of guy. So he's gonna to have to win over some fans. And, and like, if they don't, if he doesn't play great, I could see there being an issue with like the blue collar, rough and tumble jet
1: fans, and something. You don't understand what I'm saying. If if Zach Wilson does not get off to a great start, and Justin Fields does, you're going to get another jet fan riot. And it's amazing to me how one season can really change the 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 landscape of these things because. Going into this past college football season and probably up to midway through this college football season, at least Justin Fields seemed like the consensus number two, whether he was the number two pick or not, he was definitely the number two quarterback. Yeah. And Zach Wilson had such a great year that it vaulted him into that position. I'm not sure that Justin Fields did enough to lose that position. He He didn't. He didn't. He didn't have an off-the-charts, unbelievable season like Zach Wilson did, but... Watch
0: the game against Clemson, against Trevor Lawrence. Watch what he did in that game, and if that... I don't understand... First of all, that would be the performance that vaults you. And if it isn't that performance, it's certainly not the one that knocks you out of the second spot because he went head-to-head with Trevor Lawrence and was the best player on the field that game.
1: I, I I don't... Take that game out of it. I don't think he did enough to lose that spot. Uh, I'm I'm not sure where this. I, look, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to say I'm not sure where this love for Zach Wilson came from, but I know where it came from. He had a great season. He did. I'm I'm not trying to diminish that. No, and yeah. and I'm just not sure that it was enough for me to move him into that number two pick. Obviously. The Jets were not alone in this. They were not alone in thinking that Zach Wilson is the number two player on the board or the number two quarterback on the board. So these these teams are seeing something that I'm not, well, and I have my theory. If you'd like me, no, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I mean, my theory is I,
0: I think Justin Fields is paying the price because of Cardell Jones and Dwayne Haskins. Okay, so, so it's, well, it's, it's, black, an
1: o, it's an Ohio State I quarterback. Think it, I'm thing. just
0: saying. I, I think a lot of let's be honest. Uh, the last few black quarterbacks out of Ohio state have not had the greatest success run in the pros. i and, and I think that is
1: played into this. I'm not saying I disagree with you, but I am saying that if you're right, that it, it's an absolutely ridiculous thought to have yeah. that. Okay. Well, it's, it's a black quarterback out of Ohio state. Obviously he's going to be terrible because Dwayne Haskins was terrible because Cardell Jones couldn't get on the field. It, 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 it's, it's, yeah. it, it's, no, no, it's and I'm, not, and I'm not saying that
0: that's the everybody thinking that, but I'm just saying like what Justin Fields was the clear cut number two guy coming in. Yes. And probably to midway through the college football season. And he had a great season, 68% completion percentage. People try to say he can't make secondary reads out. They try to just like paint, that on him that he can't read the field. Basically he had just under 70% completion percentage. Play, again, that game against Clemson and Trevor Lawrence was one of the gutsiest, like, big-game performances I've seen in college football in my life. So, I don't understand. Again, it's, I'm not trying to kill Zach Wilson or... No. Else, no. But, like, I just don't see it. And I think people are going to have regrets about Justin passing on fields like they did about Deshaun Watson and, and Patrick Mahomes. I think it was, you know, like, again, I'm not... Not trying to turn this into a political thing at all, but I I think there's, you know, some other kind of things at play there.
1: Well, let's go back to something we were saying before. Uh it's not ever not everything is what's happening on the field. Maybe somebody spoke to this kid and it changed an opinion about Justin Fields and may and word spreads quickly. I don't, I don't know. It's the only thing I can think of, to be honest with you, that that maybe. He said something to somebody or something came out in his, you know, something he was doing at school, whatever it might be, that they thought, uh, maybe if we have the number two pick, we don't want to take this guy there. Zach Wilson might be a safer bet. I don't I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I
0: think, again, so I I've, Fields was on that show QB1 on Netflix. It's actually a pretty good show. They pl- follow a few of the top high school quarterbacks in the country when they're juniors or seniors or whatever. Um, he's like a really good kid. He's not like a punk. He's not... His dad's a cop. Like, he's a very, like, straight-laced, like, good dude, um, good leader. Like, you could tell his teammates love him. Same thing happened at Ohio State. Like, I'm just saying, like, if Zach Wilson were the quarterback at Ohio State and had the year he had this year, or the Fields had, Zach Wilson, you know, I, I I just, like, I I I don't know. It's just, there, I, I feel like something, you know, there's some things that don't add up here. But uh, I'm curious to see how this shakes out. Look, I don't want to diminish Zach Wilson. We'll, we'll, we'll stay on the Jets. But, I mean, I, I mean, I thought – I mean, Mel Kuyper Jr., I know others, too. Like, we're kind of shocked that, Zach, that Justin Fields was not the number two player taken. Like, I, I just – I don't quite see it. But people fought, fell in love with Zach Wilson.
1: He had the great workouts. He's You know, he says all the right things, the rah-rah kind of stuff. I was surprised Justin Wilson uh, – Justin Wilson – that Justin Fields didn't go – didn't go third. Yeah. Cause Cause then, that they Trey went
0: Trey Lance. I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I look Yeah. One of the things I heard late about fields was that he has epilepsy that he's had since he was a kid. I don't know. But look, every time I see this dude play, like he's a, he can play. I haven't, I haven't so. seen him have a seizure on the field. I haven't either. So I don't know. I just, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how this shakes out, but the, the jets get their guy. Uh, I'm, you know, look, they reset the clock on having a young quarterback in there. They have surrounded him with a lot of guys. I mean, so, you know, he's not going... Look, you obviously need to let a rookie quarterback grow. But, you know, he... It's a different kind of scenario here because, you know, they brought in a lot of talent around him. And, you know, he uh, he's not going to have like a some red shirt kind of year. He's going to be thrown into the fire. But, you know, he... and. It'll be interesting because you know going from his the, the conference he played at to now into the NFL and then into the New York market in the NFL and into the AFC East. Yeah, it's in, uh, that's yeah. a tough division. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna you know going again, especially Buff- yeah Buffalo and New England. Yeah, they're, they're, Miami is
1: is vastly they're on, improved. They're on the they're on the come up. Buffalo, if they can build on what they've done the last two years, Buffalo is going to be right in the thick of this thing. And and you can never really count out the New England Patriots it's you know. it's it's going to be a tough ride for Zach Wilson, and we're going to see if he has the we know what he can do on the field. he He's not it, he's not a bad quarterback and we, we keep saying that that you know, the love for Justin Fields should not diminish what Zach Wilson did last year. but Zach Wilson is go, he's probably not going to get off to a great start here and he's
0: he's stepping up in class here. He's very much making a big leap, you know, in every which way. Again, from level of play, the the type of media
1: market he's got. Like He is, he's getting thrown to the wolves here. It's going to be, what you want to see out of Zach Wilson this year is a change between Game 1 and Game 17. That's what you're looking for this year. And if you can get that, if you can see the growth from Game 1 to Game 17, you should be happy as a Jet fan. That should be all you want for this season. That's going to change Year 2, and it's going to change again Year 3, but but let's see the growth this year.
0: And I think the the way I would evaluate the Jets right now, too, is that sometimes, you know, because they always seem to be in this situation where they need kind of a savior quarterback. And I feel like sometimes it falls too much on, you know, the guys, whether from Mark Sanchez to Sam Darnold where – it's just tough to ever meet those expectations. You know, I mean, there's a point where even if you're the most talented guy in the world, it's very tough to, you know, and and, and especially when you are not surrounded by the greatest cast. I feel like the, the difference right now is that Robert Sala is a very respected coach. He's a good leader, gets, you know, he will build a certain culture there. But I think the Jets have been lacking for some time, especially most recently under Adam Gase, which basically had no, culture that guy is not <laughs> necessarily Robert Sal is a very respected leader you know in, in NFL and Joe Douglas has a very good track record of building good rosters so I think you you are you're starting to see that at least like because Zach Wilson is absolutely taking a big step up in class here and to a very starved fan base so but I, I think the, the difference with other you know with him versus other recent jet quarterbacks is that he is going to have a cast around him now and, and, and a good young core of players, especially. You, you have
1: to, if you're a Jet fan and you're listening to this, heed these words. You have to show the kids some patience. If you want to talk about a team in this area going out and, and getting a, a quarterback to bring in as the savior who changes your team's fortunes, you, you look no further than what Eli Manning did. But if you you can tell me as a Giant fan, because I'm a Giant fan also, and I can tell you exactly how I felt. If you thought after 2004, after 2005, or after 2006 that Eli Manning was going to be a two-time Super Bowl MVP, I would have told you you're insane. You had to show him the patience. You had to grow the roster around him. And that's when he took off. The Jets did not show Sam Darnold that no. patience. They did not grow the team around him. Is, is this, is being, I, I, I don't know if you really want to be, call it being cast off to Carolina, but, but getting rid of Sam Darnold is not 100% Sam Darnold's fault. No, it's not, it's not. And, and he didn't show the growth that you needed from him. There was, the, maybe, div- the divorce needed to happen. Maybe Sam Darnold does not make the leap in the NFL. You have to show the patience for Zach Wilson, though. Learn from your mistakes.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. They can't expect him to to overnight on his back turn this thing around. But so I think that because they have put, you know, that's the thing I I, like. My takeaway from the Jets between the draft and free agency is that, again, they look like they're at least they're back on track and at least headed in the right direction. I, I, it makes sense to me. When I, when I see what they're doing, it makes sense. It, it, it adds up. It, it's reasonable. And I think that they have, you know, like got, and, and again, pretty quickly because the, you know, the Adam Gase era was a disaster, a joke. Um, it was an absolute in, in joke every which way. So to kind of get, get rid of, get clear of that, bringing it, you know, a new coach, new regime. And, and you know, look it's not all, it was not all Sam Darnold's fault. I think everybody knows that. But I also don't, yeah, Sam Darnold, I, I think, kind of plateaued with his growth. And I I didn't think he was the, the second coming coming out of USC either. Like for me, look, in college, if a top tier quarterback struggles with completion percentage and turnovers, that's not going to get better in the pros unless Josh Allen is right now one of the exceptions as somebody who worked his tail off to kind of fix his delivery and. Work with it, you know, but because if you have a 55% completion percentage in college or something, you know, whatever, you, you know, like, like that was Josh Allen at 56%. Um, Sam Donald, those were the two things coming out that scared me about him the, as the, a pro prospect. But so I, I don't I, – I think he was a, you know, flawed prospect in that regard. Yes. But he also didn't get much help either to help, you know, elevate him. He, he had to put it on his back, and it was – he wasn't good enough – I don't think anybody would have been, but he
1: certainly, you know, he he he's not that guy who's going to put everything on his back and carry the ship. The the two things that made me a little bit nervous about Sam Darnold uh, coming out of USC were, first of all, it, it didn't seem like he improved in college. He yeah. I still think his best year may have been his first year, yeah. And in his last year before going to the Jets, that one night that he goes out and he gets outplayed by Josh Rosen. And it's a scary thought when when he couldn't beat or he couldn't outdo Josh Rosen and UCLA. Uh, You need to make that leap for those games. You need to come alive for those games. And that was the book on Eli Manning. It was the bigger the game, the better he played. And when you're going up against UCLA you need to be able to show that you are an NFL quarterback. And he didn't play badly, but he didn't wow you. Josh Rosen wowed you in that game. Josh Rosen made himself a top 10 pick based on the way he played against Sam Darnold. And, And Darnold did not come alive for that game. You didn't get what you wanted out of him in that game. And again, maybe Sam Darnold turns this thing around and becomes a very good to great NFL quarterback. Or maybe we never see him again. Or maybe it's somewhere in the middle. But whatever happens, the New York Jets, look, it's been 50 years since you were in the Super Bowl. A A little more than 50 years since you were in the Super Bowl. Show patience for three to five more. Give the kid what he needs, surround him with a little bit of talent, let him grow and let's see if he can
0: get you there. And that's going to be the interesting part to see how this plays out because, look, if the if they brought him in and had a barren roster around him and it all went on him, I feel like there would be more patience. But the fact that they have, I think they've drafted pretty well. I think they've signed some good pieces. I think I like Corey Davis. I, I think he, he's a he's a weapon. solid 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 receiver. Well, again, Elijah Moore is a guy the type of guy that Jets have not had. You know, I think I think he can be a really good receiver for them. If and what I mean by this is that if I mean I still think the defense is still a little you know un- uh, disjointed in my opinion, but if if it looks like they have some players on this roster, and I do, I think they have improved. You know, you know the roster quite a bit. Um, if Zach Wilson is struggling, and it looks like they have some players around him that is where the patience is going to go out the window because yes. then Jeff fans are automatically going to be like we need to win now and especially and then add in if if Sam Darnold is doing well in Carolina which look again I don't think Sam Darnold is going to be a top 5 quarterback like he's not going to be an Aaron Rodgers carrying a team on his back I just don't think he's that guy but do I think he can be a top 12 to 15 quarterback in the right scenario? Absolutely. Surrounded by the right people I in think, the right and system. And I think, yeah, I think Matt Rule is building a good program down there. I really do. And, again, like like a calmer media market, I think Sam Darnold is in a position to thrive down there because I don't think they're going to ask him to do everything and carry this thing on his back. So if, if you have a scenario midway through the year where Sam Darnold is doing all right, say the – Carolina's five and three. Zach Wilson's, you know, having some growing pains. That's where the the patience that you're describing is. It, I'm I'm curious to see how it'll play out. You're going to see
1: a revolt. Yeah,
0: and that's that's the tricky part of what the Jets are doing because, you know, if you all things being equal, if you kept Sam Darnold there, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here, and you know, even traded the number two, traded back and picked up even more guys. You know, you, you could if Sam Darnold's playing well with Carolina, and you have a good roster on the Jets, or, or you know, the star, the makings of a good roster. But Zach Wilson's struggling because again, this is a very big jump for him. I don't, I, I just again, like I think, I think Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are kind of plug and play quarterbacks. I think they're going to come right in and, and play. Zach Wilson is going to be expected to, of course, but I don't know. Like, it's I, until I see it, I think it's asking a lot. Because I just it's a very big jump in, in, in class that he he's you know, like him and Trey Lance, like I don't I don't know if they're gonna walk right in and, and be able
1: to play. So well, I'm curious to see how these all these different things shake out. By nature, Jet fans are a loud angry bunch. Let's be realistic. <laughs> and you they, waited uh, 50 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and they haven't been able to walk into a stadium this fall. It's gonna be two years. Since they were able to walk into a stadium, they're pent up. They're pent up. Th- there's going to be well, a lot of aggression that they have to well, get
0: out. I was with a Jet, some Jets fans um, at, at a draft party on Thursday, and it just like it's like apathy at this point. Just, my one friend's just like, just keep drafting quarterbacks. Eventually, you'll get one right. Like just, just he's like, he was just like, yeah, you could just draft ten straight quarterbacks. I don't care. Just keep dra- until we get the right one. So. Again, I'm just like well, that's just sad. I know, but that's but I, but I'm telling you, like I think that's and look, and I know we're kind of looking down the, the line here, but look, they have the divorce of Sam Darnold did need to happen. It did. It was just it was not going to work. He needed a change of scenery. They needed something new. I I I readily admit that, but it is now it it's going to if he plays well, Darnold. Which I, I again I think he I'm not saying he's going to be Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes. But it would not surprise me if he played well in Carolina. I think he's going to be set up to win. You know, again, they, they have a good cast around If Christian McCaffrey's healthy. Robbie Anderson he's reunited with. They have some some weapons there. Um, and I, I think they're on the, the come up too, the, the, the Panthers. So if he's playing well, then that's going to really ratchet things up for Zach Wilson. And I'm very curious to see how he handles it. Well, he's, he's got some help in Carolina. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, they're, 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 uh, that's what I'm saying. Sam Darnold isn't is like, I think, whereas like the Jets, it was just, it was like, he, I, I don't think he was spectacular, but he also had virtually no help and a really <laughs> he had a rotten, bad coach. Yeah, had had you really know, rotten
1: coach. coaching staff.
0: So, you know what I mean? It's very tough to evaluate that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, cause I mean, if, you, if you're here, go play, we, we have nobody around you virtually, like,
1: Get it the done, code,
0: yeah. Like, like so it's very tough to evaluate how good somebody is and how they're progressing when that's the situation. So, I mean, just by default, he's going to play better and you know, could potentially do very well. So, I'm, um, I'm, um, and that's look, and that's not me saying that the Jets should have kept Darnold because I think it all, I, I think everybody just needed a break and a change of scenery. But, uh, that's also how he does. I mean, whether Zach Wilson likes it or not, he's going to be tied. To Sam Darnold, you know, the how their careers shake out from here on out. That's that's a fact.
1: Show the patience. Well, I but I don't think, show but you just said, you know,
0: the, that they're the patience, a loud, angry bunch, change your ways. I know, but that's when show the patience when when you've had the drought they've had and then are in a division where you know Belichick just keeps winning super bowls for fun. That's just not in the DNA. So, you know, what I'm saying like you. I know I, you you if you want to do the rebuild right you bottom out for a little bit build up show no, I know the patience. It, it's uh you, know, it, you bottom out for let's be honest you bottom out for a few years get a lot of cheap draft picks at the top of each round and build this thing back up that's how you do it and,
1: and build the young core around Zach Wilson but Look, they they have an improved roster but they are still probably the last place team in this division. Anything Zach? Yeah,
0: they're not they're not touching Buffalo. You no. know, or or New England, New England, because New England. The other thing New England has this year too is a lot of their guys opted out. They knew it was going to be a lean year. A lot of their good linebackers, like I think everybody figured, Belichick cooked that up. Like, yeah, just you guys go chill for, for a bit. Like, this is not our gear.
1: Anything and you they're see, they're going to be on the rise. Anything you see out of Zach Wilson this year should just make you happy. You just any any glimmer of hope. Just take it and be happy with it because if Zach Wilson goes out this year and sets the world on fire, you're still probably a last-place team. You're yep. not the New England Patriots. You're not the Buffalo Bills. And, and Miami is so far above and better than what they were, you're probably not the Miami Dolphins. Yep.
0: No, it's going to be tough sledding. So, but look, with that comes an opportunity for Wilson. You know what I mean? Like He's going to be thrown literally into the fire. Uh, because you're right, yeah, the AFC East, I wasn't even really thinking about it from that standpoint. I was just kind of focused. You're right. It's it is. It's right there, especially with the New England Patriots back, you know, or better this year, you'd expect. Um, it, yeah, I mean, it's going to be really, really tough sledding to come anywhere near that division. So, yeah, no, the, the, the the smart, prudent thing would be, yeah, to, to take it slow, do it the right way, and, you know, and we'll see. We'll see if that holds up because, again, it's, it's just there's a lot of kind of external factors but overall i i I am if i were a jeff and i would again i would be pretty optimistic where at least like i feel like you at least have adults back in the room trending in the right direction and that's really like, from you know if you if you're a team that just you know had a disastrous few years and, and especially the last season and had a again fire a coach kind of start over get rid of your quarterback you have to you keynote you always hear about the giants or something the trying. you know, the, when you're going well, you have the continuity between the head coach and, 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 um, and, and quarterback. When you're constantly changing those two things up, your team's probably not actually, it's definitely not doing well. well it, so it's,
1: it's impossible to build that relationship yeah. at that point. So,
0: you know, the jets, you know, they're, they're in that position again, having to, you know, start over again. So you, but they are headed in the right direction that they, they have brought in some good players that there are things to like about what they're doing, but you can't short circuit the the rebuild. You want to do it the right way. If
1: you're going to bottom out, build it back up properly. If jet fans boo Zach Wilson this year, they should be ashamed of themselves. I'm going to leave it at that. Show this kid some patience, show patience because you've never done it in your lives. Show the kid some patience. You're not going this year. Anyway, the idea for this team is five years down the road. And I get it. It always seems like the idea for this team is five years down the road. Show the patience because you
0: never do. All right. So that's a pretty comprehensive, uh, analysis. We'll call it on on the draft and, uh, you know, we'll see how it all shakes out. And, uh, Again, before we again uh, to the next topic here, uh, again check us out at Pete and Faz on Twitter. You can hit up uh, at Maddie Faz and if you want to talk to me, <laughs> um, or uh, Facebook right at Pete and Faz, sh- the Pete and Faz Show, and uh, all across WGBB. So we're, we're everywhere. Open book, we can be bought certainly, um, and we've got shirts coming. We do have shirts coming. We're, we're, this thing's uh, we're blowing up, sure. Um, again, another topic. I I've, it still kind of stuns me that that we're here in in this uh, kind of moment where the, the Knicks just still kind of just again, on this show so many times when we we did these in the time periods, we did them. The, the Knicks were just a complete wreck. Like it was it was the t- like we would usually close the show and just like laugh for like 15 minutes I would get you started and you'd go crazy for 20 minutes or whatever. The Knicks, the Knicks are good. And we did, we did a long segment on, on Sunday night, uh, last Sunday night, on WGBB about it. And uh, this, what I what, I, what I what we discussed kind of talking about, dovetail, dovetails into this. Because the Knicks now, playing the way they are, while being able to clear salary cap from out, um, which is something they have not been... They have, they've always tried to figure out how to do that and short-circuit it. It has not worked. They've ended up and taking on bad contracts and giving away draft picks for terrible, you know t- players on the
1: back nine and offering Kobe Bryant the mid-level exception.
0: Yeah, just they've never gotten past that threshold of being competitive and, and good with a young kind of roster with no real stars. Julius Randall's playing like one, but he's not you know no. the, the type no. of, of star we're talking about here. So th- they have now finally gotten through that threshold to where they are playing respectable basketball, where it's a destination where guys would want to come because it's built the right way. You mentioned how uh, last week very much how the Brooklyn Nets did it, and, and the Knicks have now kind of done this. So if you're a top guy, and now the Knicks also have draft picks, set cap room again, this thing is, they have gotten to the other side of this rebuild, really. I mean, that's it's kind of the next phase where every time kind of at this point, they've stalled out and had to almost start over now you become you know a player for some of the top guys via trade or free agency and i think this report that's out that damian lillard wants out of portland that he you know look one of his good friends chris Haynes, who it's, it's well documented wrote this story that he's basically fighting the good fight alone when it gets to that point you know the guy wants it. damian lillard has been this you know been the hard worker good guy throughout his career. So I'm sure he doesn't want to be the guy who goes running to management to demand a trade. Clearly this was
1: like a passive aggressive way of demanding a trade. Yeah. You plan a story. He did. If, if, and I know what you're saying, the Knicks have become this viable destination for superstars, whether it's by trade or free agency, they've put themselves in a position to be a place that these players, these top tier, top level players want to go If Damian Lillard wants out, and if the Portland Trailblazers acquiesce and decide they're going to trade their superstar, they're going to trade Damian Lillard, first of all, the Knicks, yes, are a viable destination. The Knicks have the pieces to get that done. But every team in the NBA is going to be doing their due diligence to go get Damian Lillard. That's...
0: And they should be absolutely, and that's you know that that'll definitely be part of this. But just you know, kind of on paper, and just if you look around, I mean, the Knicks—they have all the physical assets now. Finally, they've drafted well. They have good young players who got uh, teams would want. They have draft picks. They finally have cap room to, to take. Like all again, as a Knicks fan <laughs> like yourself, who's been you know. Going, basically, he's gone through hell as a fan for 20 years. You're finally at the destination now where, all right, even maybe you don't end up getting him. Maybe there's a better offer. But still, like you are fine back in the discussion and back like in the, the thick of things, which it didn't look like the Knicks would ever get there again. And he's a piece that fits on it, this it team. It makes sense. He's what they need. He's literally what they need right now. He's literally like what you know a point guard in their prime
1: for a deadly scorer for a team that's desperate for a point guard because let's be honest, Alfred Payton is terrible. Yeah, and he's a starting point guard that's playing about fifteen minutes a night, and it's fifteen minutes too many for me. Yeah, he's not. He's he's, he's, he's terrible. He's a, yeah. He's a just a... the Knicks are a million times better when Alfred Payton is on the bench and Derrick Rose is on the floor. Damian Lillard. Gives you a dynamic point guard. He can score. He can pass. He, he makes Julius Randle better. He makes he makes Arte everybody better, yeah, better immediately. Everybody gets better. And if you can hang on to the Alec Burks, the Reggie Bullocks on this team, these are the guys that are hit that you that you need to get open for that three-pointer. And they've been doing it this year. They're, they're the guys that they get the open look, they knock it down. Damian Lillard gets those guys' open looks. And those guys specifically, they hit them when they have those open looks. They've been doing it this year with Alfred Payton and Derrick Rose running the point.
0: Yeah, and and look, and we a lot of what we talked about the last few weeks was that you don't just need to go get a star to get a star You know that philosophy is stupid. Like you know, I mean, you still the guy still needs to fit. He still needs to like work within what you're doing. You don't want to bring a bad culture fit. They were talking about with the John. You you still need certain things. But my God, if you're thinking about all right, the Knicks take that next step. You know, they're a defensive kind of blue collar team. They need a scorer, a dynamic scorer, a guy who you know makes opens up the offense. Plus, you add in the fact that you know he's beloved by NBA fans, you know, in Portland, he's beloved clutch chip on his shoulder came from, a, you know, small school and is like a dynamic personality too. who like, you I mean, you could, it's not hard to picture him if MSG's rocking and that guy, he loves big moments. He hits big shots. I mean, my God, you like, I mean, if you're thinking of the guy who the Knicks, like every like, wow, like the, the guy to take this thing to the next level. I mean, there's really no better candidate on this earth than Damian Lillard. He's the guy.
1: To get a star, just to get a star, doesn't work. There's no better example of it than the Knicks bringing in Carmelo Anthony and trying to pair him with Amari Stoudemire. Were they both stars? Sure. But 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 it didn't It didn't didn't fit together. And anybody could look at it and say, this will not fit. The move for the Knicks at that point they, they wanted to get Carmelo Anthony in here. And I and I understand that. They, that was the year when Chris Paul was going to be traded. The move needed to be Amari Stoudemire and a couple pieces, whatever it might be, for Chris Paul. And the pairing should have been Chris Paul with Carmelo Anthony. And then they could have still brought in Tyson Chandler yeah. and have that as your, I it probably would have been a 1-4-5. And, and you can run with that. You can succeed with that. Carmelo Anthony and Amari Stoudemire, it was not going to be a successful two superstar combination. Damian Lillard fits seamlessly. And we, and we've been talking about the jets and the giants trending in the right direction. No team in this, in this city trends in the right direction more than the New York Knicks. Right now. Yeah. And Damian Lillard fits seamlessly onto a team that is trending in the right direction. And Sure, you're going to have to give up a bunch of picks. You're going to have to give up a couple of your young players. Maybe that's an Emmanuel quickly. Maybe that's an Obi Toppin. Don't let World Worldwide West know that you're trading quickly from. Well, now I've upset you, and I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. If, if I know if don't, I if I upset his guy. that's if, his guy. If I upset World Wide yeah, West, yeah. I know I upset you, and I I'm apologize sure World for Wide that.
0: West wants Damien Lillard here, but I don't know. Quickly is his guy. <laughs> Somebody's I know, I know. Just
1: somebody's gonna have know, to go. I know. I'm just messing. Up. And I I know. And and it's look. It's not for us to figure out who's gonna go. Who's Portland gonna want? Probably an Emmanuel Quickly type player. Probably an Obi Toppin type player. Yeah. But we'll we'll see. It, it look. R.J. Barrett's not going in that trade. No. Julius Randall is not going in that trade. Uh, I mean, I I'm the, the play of Julius Randle, to
0: me makes Obi Toppin expendable. Maybe Mitchell Robinson goes. Well, that's in that one of the. Of... I read that he could be a guy sent. You know, and they've been able to play without him. Yes, so it, that wouldn't shock me. But I'm saying, even if it was Obi Toppin, I know they're very high on him. But you know, you have if you if you kept the front line of Noel Robinson, Julius Randle, and were able to bring in Damian Lillard, Obi Toppin.
1: It's a move you have to How make. You make it in a second. If, it's, if they want Obi Toppin, and maybe Obi Toppin has a future in this league. Maybe Obi Toppin becomes a very good player in this league. You cannot, at this time, in the way the NBA is played, you cannot get more valuable than a stud point guard. Yeah. Damian Lillard is... Uh,
0: Damian Lillard, uh, he he's the guy. I mean, if that's... I don't know, it's just... We'll See, it makes too much sense. Like it's just uh, when I saw that, I was like, okay, Lillard definitely wants out. I mean, that clearly was a planted story. There's no, he's trying to deny that it was, but I get where the position he didn't want to. You know, he has a certain reputation in Portland, and he's tried to. I mean, he's tried to carry the thing on his back. Like you know, we were talking about Sam Darnold trying to. You know, I mean, and Lillard has been very good. He's been a superstar, elite level. He's realizing, you know, it, this thing's – it's fizzling out there. You know, Terry Stotts has they, – they've tried different things, different combinations of guys. It's just not working anymore. And I think Lillard knows that. And he's trying to start to – you know, he wants to figure out how to get his – get out and gracefully. And this is, I believe, the start of that process. You, you know, you've seen when other star players get moved, whether it's Kyrie Irving, James Harden, down downline – you know – he's certainly handling it better than James Harden did. James Harden just went partying in clubs and just like showed up
1: <laughs> overweight. Till, James till Harden looked like me when he <laughs> like, showed like, up in like,
0: camp. You know what I mean? Like, like, so at least Damian, like, I understand what he's trying to, to, to accomplish here. You know, he's getting a little flack because it's it's pretty obvious. But I, I I sympathize with his frustration. He's played out of his mind for quite some time now, tried to do all the right things. It's just not working anymore. And I think he's... You know, ready to take the next step. You know, take the next chapter, next step in his chapter. You know, his journey. You know, so like I, I get it, and it, it it all makes so much sense. And I mean, the Knicks definitely. You know, I mean, like we've all read the same things. Like they, they kind of cleared this thing out. You know, and thought they were going to be a mediocre team this year. They've exceeded expectations. They're they want to bring good star players in, but the right way this time. I mean, I don't know. This just makes too
1: much sense. It's, it's a perfect fit in every regard. The very minute that, Dan- that that story broke, every team in the league, and I don't care what their backcourt looks like, should have been on the phone with the Portland Trailblazers to say, what is it going to cost me to get Damian Lillard? And maybe maybe he ends up with the Knicks. Maybe he goes somewhere else. It, it, it depends on what Portland really wants. But the, the Knicks are absolutely a contender for, uh, to get Damian Lillard. And, and they have to be, and they have to do what they have to do to put themselves at the front of the line. This is a guy you have to go get if he's available. Oh, yeah. And I think
0: if, you know, if if you're not aggressive in this one, then all those things, that long process that we have talked about, you know, you know, excruciatingly in detail that the, the, the bottoming out, I mean, you know, cause that, there's a the thing when you, you know, sometimes I feel like even in this area, you know, cause it's like, sometimes sports gets viewed like fantasy football. Like, Oh, you know, you just bottom out this year. You get a good draft pick and rebuild. It's a long process. And yes. then it involves a lot of losing for franchise, you know, and, and fans, you know, like, so it, it's not an easy thing to go through. So like, you know, like I feel like sometimes it's just like, Oh yeah, you just go through the rebuild. Like it's a long like grueling kind of process. It's also not as easy as it sounds. Exactly. So they have finally gotten it to where they did it the right way. Not easy. You know, especially when you're expected to win, you know, and you're just getting pounded every day by talk radio, the the back you know, pages or not on the back pages because you're irrelevant. So it's a terrible process to have, you know, you don't want to be there, but they've actually navigated it. And now are in a position to like take that next kind of step up. So, if, if Lillard is not, if you're not in on a guy like that,
1: what's the point? You know what I mean? Two years ago, there was uh, a, a superstar free agency class. And the Knicks had the cap room to bring a couple of them in. And, and, and the rumors for a year at that point had been Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. And, and there were drawbacks. As great as Kevin Durant is. As as much as a, a Hall of Famer that he is, and he's going to be, there were drawbacks on Kevin Durant. He was coming off an injury. There were drawbacks on and on tough Ky- injury too. Yes, tough injury. Yes, and and look, he Kevin Durant sat out for a year. Yeah. Kyrie Irving. Sometimes you had to wonder where his head was a little bit. There were drawbacks to Kyrie Irving. There are zero drawbacks to going out and getting Damian Lillard. No, you have to do it,
0: and and like you said, he's he's going to be sought after. It's not going to be an easy thing to get him. But you know, watching him throughout his career and you know, hearing him talk, like I, I think he would relish the opportunity. This is just purely my theory. He would relish the opportunity to be the guy who takes New York to the next level and play on. Like he doesn't, see, he wouldn't be shy about. Being on MSG at MSG, no, in a big playoff game, no. running the show. Like I, I think like it's just, again, you know, who knows, you know, the things you don't know about the league. Obviously, are you know, sometimes teams have vendettas against certain people in the league, certain front office guys, certain coaches, certain teams. You know, I don't know of any of that with Lillard and the Knicks or uh, Tom Thibodeau or anything like that. Um, it, it all makes a lot of sense. You know, just you know, as it is right now, but uh, yeah, it's I, I I would I think Lillard would be the guy who would relish that. You know, like I think he would love to be that guy to to, to come to New York and take this thing to the next level.
1: There, it, it, there, the easy way to put it here is, let's say you've got the ball at the end of the game and you're down two. There's a very short list of guys oh, yeah. in the league right now that you want taking that shot. Kevin Durant is on the list. Playoff LeBron James is on the list, and after those two, it's probably Damian Lillard. And I just
0: think right now, I would like I would probably want Lillard taking the shot. If I had hit a three to win a game or tie it, I would probably want. And I and I love the Lakers
1: and LeBron. I would probably want Lillard to take that shot. There's there's no point guard in the league. I can tell you right now. There's not one point guard so in the don't league. Don't undersell Alfred Payton. Uh, Okay, other than Alfred Payton. (laughs) What about Frankie Smokes? (laughs) He got into a game last week. He played a couple minutes. He ran around in circles. I can't believe that guy was a first-round draft pick. I just... Absolutely horrendous. But basically, it's funny. That's kind of
0: like... After they took him, I feel like things started turning around. Well, you know what the funny part is? He he was a really horrible pick, but I think after that, they started to sort... I think he was so bad that it forced them to have to sort shit out. But
1: they took... They took Frank Nilakina. Sorry, they took Frankie Smokes. And I see I see the way you're looking at me when I don't call him Frankie Smokes. I apologize. I just love that. I'm dude. fearing for my life right now. They they take him, and a day later, they fire Phil Jackson. They let Phil Jackson run the draft. These were things that this team was doing that made absolutely no sense. And a year later, they 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 draft Kevin Knox, and Kevin Knox sucks too. Let's be honest. He sounds like a like a a, a jobber in like the mid south wrestling or something. Like, <laughs> like, like, like here is uh, Kevin Knox, and yeah. he's he's just gonna get his ass beaten by Doctor Death or like yeah 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 or, or so, King Kong Bundy. It just these guys were terrible, yeah. absolutely terrible. What? And 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 it's finally these were hopefully the. Last two draft picks of a. I'm, I'm going to use a nice word here. They're the last two draft picks of a woebegone error mm-hmm. era or error. Either one of those works. Yeah, and and whatever it takes at this point, Damian Lillard has to be the guy. It turns everything around. Yeah, I uh, and again, I would. I think you're going to start to
0: see some buzz with all of this because I mean, clearly, like again, somebody who's spent my entire adult life in media and news and sports and whatever else, like, I would bet the ranch that that story was planted, like, clearly, like and you don't even need to be, you know, doing, you know, you don't need to work in the industry to know that that was a planted story. Um, you know, and again, I, I understand, you know, Lillard's, you know, what he's, trying to, what he's dealing with and trying to he's got to save a little face here i understand I, I get it I, I get the, the, the situation you don't want to be an enemy to the city um but you know for him and he's some you know again he's somebody I think it probably took him a lot to get to that point to even have to like do that but he uh you know I, I, clearly he's frustrated um I also know too that he's i read an article too that he um he's had a tough year off the court as well he lost some family members to covid. I think all of these things are kind of all converging right now. And I think he's, you know, he's probably ready like for a change. That happens with Guy. It happened. You know what I mean? He's, he's been with Portland. He's given everything he's had to, to try to win a title there. It's not happening. And instead of going, you know, kind of moving closer to a title, they're moving further away in the prime of his career. So I'm, I get it. He's frustrated.
1: Think about what you just said. He, we're talking about a guy, He's he wants out because he wants to win a title, and we're talking about the Knicks so, being a viable destination. And that's, and,
0: and that's what's crazy. It is completely flipped, which shows you the Knicks have finally done it the right way. This really awful process of getting out of salary cap jail and, and no draft. You know, Phil Jackson's thing, they never seem to have, like, first-round picks, or if they did, they just blew them. You know what I mean? Like, it just there there's you know the the history is is you know rich with all these stories which are and i know some of them are now documented on Nick's that podcast what's the, the name? uh shattered shattered yeah yes. which is i i i've only listened to a little bit of the first one um i'm i'm I, i'm planning to catch up this week but that's a great i'm i'm all caught list. up on it it's good
1: it it is um it's probably it's, like you probably have like PTSD listening to it, it, it. It's a different style podcast. Yeah. It, it's not the normal. Like the Pete and Faz. Right. It, it's not like two guys sitting down talking sports and yeah. yelling about Frankie Smokes. It, it, it's, it, it's done in a different style, but it's entertaining. It's a, it's a fun listen. It, it's informative. They, they do a nice job. Um, as far as these Knicks go, over the last however many years, any time there was going to be a superstar free agent or a superstar we knew wanted to trade and get out of whatever city they're, they're in, the Knicks were always mentioned as a destination because it's a fun story. It's, it's fun to talk about the Knicks in, in that light. But the Knicks were never a viable destination for any of those players because they had never put together any sort of winning culture. You have to have players on the team first. No superstar wants to go to a team that has zero talent on it. It doesn't happen. They all want, yeah, especially to if you're win. if you're
0: leaving because you don't you feel like your prime years are being wasted, right? Like, yeah, you're not going to go to a Barry. Go to the Knicks. You're not going to go to a team. Yeah, that where you're hoping to build around a few draft picks. Like, that's a long haul. Again, that's people think it's like this quick thing. Like, that's a long. You know, if you're in your prime and you feel like you're, you know, the hourglass is running out. Like that's uh you know, you wanna you wanna walk into a situation where you can compete and maximize your your you know prime years.
1: A a rebuild is a longer set of years than a player's prime. Yeah. And to to go and waste your prime years when when you wanna get out of somewhere, you wanna go win, you're gonna go to a team that's rebuilding, it's counterproductive. You're not you're not getting what you want out of it. You may as well just stay where you are. The Knicks have put together a few pieces. Some of them are developing a little quicker than, than anybody thought they would. I'm specifically talking about R.J. Barrett there. I'm, it, I'm, I'm, I like him. He's, I'm high on him. Julius he's a player. Julius Randle has, has made a leap, and right now he's probably the comeback player of the year. Yep. He might make an all-NBA team this year. These are These are players that superstars want to play with. And nothing fits in better with those two guys than a dynamic point guard. And there just happens to be one right now where it looks like he wants out. If you're the Knicks, figure it out. Make the move. Worldwide, Wide West. Call him. Maybe maybe he just wants to play with a team worldwide West is affiliated I, I wouldn't It wouldn't even surprise me in the slightest. Maybe the Portland trailblazers are just so excited to deal with the team that yeah. we're, we're worldwide West is that they're just going to give them Lillard for nothing we'll here. Just take them. You have worldwide West. We don't want to bother the apple card here.
0: We'll see, but I, I, it just makes too much sense. And uh, so we'll just one last thing before we kind of close out here. Um, so, Mets, thank God they won last night. I mean, that was a uh, uh, late uh, conforto homer, which I, I didn't think we'd utter those words this year. No, no. Um, still, you know, I, uh, the starting pitching been good. The the hitting, the bats have just gone. I mean, dormant, silent, dormant, silent, quiet, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, it's uh, and specifically, I mean, look, I, I didn't want to be overreactive, which again is. It's always a weird dynamic. I'm sure you deal with this too when we do these. It's like the whole sometimes the you know usually overreacting is rewarded in like broad in sports talk and podcasting, but I don't, it's not my nature. Francisco Lindor, I've given a long leash to. I mean, I, I he's easy to root for. I like his personality. I I I like how he plays the game and everything. He has a
1: history of success. Yeah,
0: he's been good. He's you know a young shortstop in his prime. He's a type of guy, you know what I mean? Like, it's a no-brainer that you would want to build around a guy like that. Uh, the the bad has just not been there. I mean, it's just, he looks lost. He looks lost. Um, uh, and, you know, this is about the time where, yeah, you you might you start to get a little worried. Like, okay, like, you know, we've seen guys flame out in New York before. So, you know, he would not be the first. And, uh, you know, look, I hope he's a good enough player that it's just a, you know, cold streak. But it's beyond you know a few games. Like this is first
1: month of the year. He's been pretty bad offensively. He's been terrible offensively. And last week he hit a couple balls hard. That's not good enough anymore. It's yeah, it's like, not good enough to see somebody hit the ball hard and say, oh, he might be coming out of this slump. He needs to get hits. He needs to put the ball over the fence. The defense is there. The glove is there. The intangibles are there. He's. He's the first guy on the field to celebrate when when one of his teammates makes a great player, gets a big hit, even though those big hits are few and far between. That's not worth $341 million. And the 341 is not Lindor's fault. They paid it. He accepted it. It's hard to get angry with somebody that, you know, has a big contract. It's not necessarily fair, but it has to be brought up. They gave this guy $341 million. They gave, as we've said a million times, $1 million more than Tatis got. Yeah. It, and they did it because they wanted to show him, hey, we believe you are the best shortstop in baseball. He needs to go out a- a- and prove them right now. Because at this point, he's hitting under 200. He has a home run. Sure, he's playing excellent defense. Sure, the intangibles are there. He's still very easy to root for, but the hits have to be there. Otherwise, right now you're looking at, and again, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but the first thought you have to have is, oh my God, he's, he can't swing the bat, and he's here for 10 years. Yeah. No, and, and
0: see, like the this is the point too, where with all the things you just mentioned, especially the big contract, I mean look, the one benefit he has right now is that there isn't allowed to be a a full house. So he's only dealing with a couple thousand fans booing because right now, you know, if there was forty thousand people there, he would probably be dealing with twenty-five thousand people booing him right now. It's coming. So, and that's usually when the guys start pressing and then you really get to see who is mentally built for New York or not. When you need you know, you go through that kind of like that roller coaster. It's the guys who grind through it become legends in New York. The guys who don't become the cast offs and the, you know, flame outs and whatever. But yeah, I mean, like the way this is structured with the money he, he, he was, you know, uh, given, I mean, it can't fail. So he needs the, the one thing I will say about it, the, the mentality with Lindor is that, yeah, he has clearly struggled. He knows it. Everybody knows it. I, I respect that he has not sulked in the field. He's still the kind of positive guy around the you know the team. He's getting everybody pumped up in position. His defense has been outstanding. You know all the other stuff he's done well, and you know and, and teammates seem to love him. That's all good stuff. And you know like you think of guys who have flamed out like you know, for some reason when, when the sulking and it's because I just saw his name the other day with he had an issue with Major League Baseball is Roberto Alomar. Yes, and that's the yes. first kind of guy that comes to mind with just when it's not going his way at the plate. It, everything else is done. He's not talking to people. He's sulking around. And, you know, like, so, like, whenever I think of, like, especially middle infielders, that's the first guy that comes to mind. That's not happening with Lindor, which, again, shows he's got some integrity and, and, and you know, some of the mental stuff you want. But still, $341 million. Got to hit. You got to hit. I mean, we can't be talking about that. He Oh, he hit a few balls hard. And I understand what you – I'm not – I'm saying, like, that's – He's just, he, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. You can't have somebody who's expected to produce elite level, you know, kind of production. Um, we can't be talking about, you know, that he's hitting the ball hard. He needs to be, I mean, he needs to deliver. There's really no middle ground here at all. I, I don't know if he
1: has to sit down for a couple days or, or whatever it might be. Uh, get him away from baseball. Again, it, it's not affecting the, the other aspects of his game. But to have this superstar that you built your entire offseason around and the, the 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 exciting thing about this past offseason was that it, it, you know Steve Cohen's coming in they're going to go get somebody they're going to bring a superstar in. who's it going to be and there were there were a lot of names out there and you know and and and, and we know them there was George Springer there was Trevor Bauer there were yep. a lot of guys they could have brought in the, the other guy they could have traded for was Nolan Arenado. You knew he was leaving Colorado. And I he, I always liked him. Yes, and he's another guy where his glove is unbelievable at the position he plays. But he's a middle-of-the-order hitter. Maybe Lindor's more of a top-of-the-order hitter than a middle. But you went after Lindor specifically because he plays the premium position. He, he's your shortstop. Yeah. And because of that personality that, that you believe... He can bring to New York and be successful. Thus far, I don't, I don't care about your personality. I don't care about your glove. You've been unsuccessful right now. Yeah, and that's the if you were, you know continue to hit
0: basically under two hundred or whatever. Um, he's at today. I, I don't even know his what what is it. One like one eighty two or something. It was something along those yeah, lines. It's under two hundred. You yeah, know, yeah, all the flair and all the fun stuff that's don't work, especially here. It's just that's and and not only does it not work. It will, people will resent it if you're hopping around and having fun, then laughing it up while not hitting. You know what I mean? So he's, this is, look, in you know, if, if, if optimist Matty Faz would say, all right, it's good to have him put through this test right now rather than, you know, September. But again, but I also don't know, I, I mean, he, his track record would suggest he will bounce out of this. But I don't know. I, I I don't know him.
1: But his swing doesn't even look good right yeah, now. it's it, all messed it, it's, up. It's all messed up. I, it, he looks like a totally different player than the one that was in Cleveland. And we keep talking about how, well, there, there's only a few thousand people there right now. He's not getting those boos of a from a full house. The people are coming. You know, every every few weeks. Yeah. You know, they're they're expanding yeah. this thing and they're allowing more and more people into the building. At this time next year, and and look. It, it's always hard to go to a new team. I don't I don't get involved in that, well, it's hard to go from one league to the other. I think that's a load of garbage. These teams play against each other all the time now. Yeah. That that idea's got to go away. Yeah. But, but yes, it, it is a new team. You're adjusting to a new lifestyle. I, I'm okay with all that. There's an adjustment period there. It took Carlos Beltran a year here to really adjust and, yeah. and become a superstar for this team. And maybe Francisco Lindor does the same thing. But if it takes longer than that, I can almost guarantee you that a year from now, you're going to have a full crowd at City Field. And if he goes out and he hits 215 this year with 12 homers and 50 RBIs, he's getting booed on opening day by about 50,000 people. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. No, he's, uh, look, you know, he didn't get out of the gates quick. So now he has to deal with all, you know, it kind of look in every topic we've talked about today, in some form or another. The whatever you want to you want to call it, the passion, the wrath of the New York fans figures into all of it. Yes. So, you know, like if he came out and, the, and the, if the Mets were five games on over 500 and he's hitting 340, he's getting a grace period. You know, he that now when you, he's not doing that, he's and he's not. And, and if even if he were being like putting up average numbers, he'd probably still be given the benefit of the doubt. That's not, that's not the case. So, you know, when you hit under 200 for a month and you're at, right after you sign a $341 million deal, now the, the negative side, if you want to call that, of the New York market and fans, that's starting to churn up. And that base of people are starting to get
1: riled. The name I always go back to in a situation like that, Mike Piazza came here and was hitting over 300 as a Met in his first year, getting booed. And I'm, I'm still not sure why, yeah. but, <laughs> but but it happened. And if, if if Francisco Lindor or if anybody thinks Francisco Lindor is going to get some different kind of treatment, they're out of their minds. No, it's yeah. yeah. You could smile all you want. It doesn't matter. It'll probably again. It'll probably piss off people more
0: because they would probably want him to just be like, well, maybe he should stop smiling. And focus. maybe you should stop hitting your microphone. Know, I'm sorry, what? I'm not. I'm getting sorry. violent. Mad Dog Russo style. Um, You know what I mean, but uh, like that'll it'll start getting interpreted like that—that he doesn't care. You know what I'm saying? Like these are the things. Why why are you happy when you're not hitting or not winning or both? These are the questions you now face. So now he is he's being he's going to be thrown into the fire
1: now until he gets it turned around. We were talking before about Jet fans not having any patience. The Met fans are the same way. Oh yeah, and 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 again, got to show some patience here. But Francisco Lindor is is very different from Zach Wilson. He's coming in as a superstar. He's coming in as a guy getting paid $341 million over the next 10 years. You have to produce from day one. And he. Well, we already know he didn't produce from day one. He's got to start turning that around because those crowds are coming. And he didn't seem too happy about getting booed yep. last week. He had a couple comments about it. And he, he didn't go off the charts with it. But you, but you can see it bothers him a little bit. Yep. How's he going to feel with the, the difference between a few thousand and fifty thousand? We're, we're it's gonna be put to the
0: test now. I mean, you know, he, he's 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 in he's in he's in the fire. And now it'll also be interesting too to see how Steve Cohen handles all of this. You know, you could tell Steve Cohen on Twitter he's he, he's seeming like a little impatient, a little you know. Look, he's used to winning and succeeding or whatever you want to call it in every you know facet of life. So, you know, he's a very super competitive guy. He is going to want to get this thing going. And this guy was the centerpiece of his first offseason as owner. And uh, I was just telling you before we were discussing, all, before we started recording, he has been having these dinners with players individually to form relationships with them, you know. Like, and that's I think that's a good thing, Good, you know, to have that communication. But again, you know, he is, him and Lindor are tied to each other. And yes. there's, you know, Lindor's success is tied to, to Cohen's success. It, it is, I'm mean, very curious and, you know, interested to see how that all kind of plays out. There's a lot of moving parts there. Um, you know, look, it's a very simple solution. Just start hitting. Yes. Nobody, that, will, nobody cares.
1: That'll do just fine.
0: Nobody, you know, I mean, like, look, look no further than Conforto. I mean, he really, he, he struggled as much as Lindor the first month, he's a game winner last night. He's on the back pages again, and he's probably bought himself a few, you know, few, few, few weeks of just kind of like, yes, team a breed. Yes. So, and that's the other thing too. Lindor has not had that signature moment as a Met, really. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's, ne- he hasn't had that, you know, that, that big, you know, I mean, he, he ha- he's been involved in, in a few things, but not like the, you know, the, a huge, huge, huge moment yet, and he's just, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a, a tough go of it until he starts hitting. I mean, I, again, historically, you would, if you look at him throughout his career, you would believe that he will snap out
1: of it. But yeah, his swing looks looks messed up right now. It doesn't matter how much money Steve Cohen has. You're only going to be handing out a certain. It was a finite number of nine figure deals yeah. that any team is going to hand out having Francisco Lindor on this roster affects the next 10 off seasons going forward. So you're, if if he can't hit, you're not going to bring in another $300 million player Mm -hmm. to try and balance that out. It just doesn't happen. It has to be Lindor and he has to, he has to find a way to turn this around. Otherwise the Mets have a major issue on their hands. No doubt about it. Uh, And really, I mean, that's, it's as simple as that. Like, yeah, if he,
0: he everything runs through him for the like you said the next decade, everything runs through Lindor. So this is not this has gotten off to as bad of a start. I mean, you know, luckily the team has won a, a little bit, not great, and all right, but they've lost more than they've won. And I'm just I just mean it hasn't like if they were six games under 500 and he's not sure. hitting, it would it's viewed a, a bit differently. But and it helps that everybody else in the division is losing also. Yeah, so, and, you know, and other guys in the Mets haven't hit, I mean, Conforto literally until yesterday, you know, not much.
1: Hitch gave you nothing. McNeil has given you nothing. So, it's,
0: you know, it's been viewed as the whole, kind of the whole offense is basically... Dom Smith has given you nothing. Yeah. So, you know, he, he. it's not like he's the one guy who's not hitting. I'm not excusing any of it. It is all looks terrible, but... um you know, the, the, let's just be honest. The starting pitching has bailed a lot of these guys out. And the bullpen's been good. bullpen's been good. So, you know, these guys need to get it going. And starting with Lindor, I mean, the, there's just no way around
1: it. And, and th- that's part of the scary thing, because over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the Mets, you know. Mets, you know, they get off to a slow start. They play well. They, it's been a little bit uh, of a back-and-forth month for them. But we kept saying that look on the bright side is that Noah Syndergaard is coming back and Carlos Carrasco is come back and Seth Lugo is coming back. None of those guys are going to help the bats. Yeah. Somebody's got to hit.
0: And that yeah, and that's as simple as that. Uh, and the the pitching is more than holding up their end of the bargain and I think will continue to be a strength and a you know, bigger strength as the season goes on. But yeah, the uh the the offense right now is it's inexcusable and uh yeah, the Lindor is you know, Number one uh,
1: in, in you know people who should be held accountable, and here's but, where it, here's where it gets scary for this offense. If if these guys don't turn it around, is last night? Sure, they they went and we're recording this Sunday, May second. So Saturday, J.D. Davis comes out of the game; he's hurt. Brandon Nimmo comes out of the game; he's hurt. The, these have been the two guys that you've been that have done everything they can to carry this offense. Yeah. Luis Guillorme, who would be playing third if, uh, if J.D. Davis didn't, uh, if JD Davis can't go, Luis Guillorme goes on the injured list the other day.
2: The,
1: things are getting very, very scary for this offense, and this is going to have to be the time. We always talk about it. You've got to pick your teammates up. It, 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 every successful team does it. Now is the time that that's going to have to happen, and look no further. You have to look to your superstar, the guy that's done it the last few years. You got to look to Francisco Lindor, and so far he hasn't shown that he can do it as a Met. No doubt, and uh,
0: the the grace period is over. So he's now he's in it. And uh, should we close with the quick thing on the Yankees, or <laughs> are they too boring? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, I will say we've, we've called them boring, but they have gotten into going a little bit more the last, I feel like the last week or so they, they they've looked, you know, again with them, you know, like record wise, they'll kind of be there I think, but yeah. The eye, they they look like they got a little more energy and a little more kind of stuff going. Well, but they they
1: they got what they needed. You know, they got to play Baltimore yeah, right. and you're Detroit. Still, yeah, yeah, it's I mean, but they, but they needed that, and and you can't help who you're going to play. You got to no. just beat whoever's you know standing in front of you. And they beat Baltimore and they beat Detroit, and and they got good. They've had good pitching performances, especially out of the starting rotation for a week. Uh, the the bats have been there over the last week. We're going to see what happens with this team as as the competition gets better because it doesn't get a whole lot worse than Baltimore and Detroit. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. As this game's going on behind me and I keep turning around and look, but the the, the Yankees are the Yankees. There, there still has to be some kind of spark. And I'm sorry, trading Mike Talkman last week. That's not the spark. So, You're, that's not going to spark you to to win the division. Yeah. Uh, do I still think they're going to be there? We've been saying it for weeks. Yes, I do I do think they're going to be there. I think these bats are going to carry them. But they're still just so boring. It is.
0: It's uh but I will say on for, um, for for them uh you know the the, the positive is that Glaber Torres has gotten going a little bit more. I think, you know, he
1: and then they took him out of the lineup. Yeah, it just didn't make any sense.
0: But uh <laughs> and some of these pitchers you know like they are relying on a lot of pitchers having better performances than in the last year or two. Kluber is starting to, to pitch well. he's looking all right today again. Domingo James,
1: Herman pitched well. He
0: pitched better and uh, James and Tyon pitched well. So if the if those pitchers get in a groove then yeah, then they're a tough team to beat. But, you know, cuz the first few weeks the the pitching after Garrett Cole looked very shaky at best and the offense looked lifeless, anemic, whatever you want to call, it, you know, a few outside of a few solo homers. Um, so, you know, they, they, maybe they're getting a little bit
1: more going, but uh, sometimes yeah. those wins can spark you. And yeah, beat up on Baltimore a little bit. Beat up on Baltimore, beat up on Detroit, and, and maybe get your confidence going. Maybe maybe get some of that New York Yankee pinch stripe moxie back. But it, it just, they're so boring.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that's, yeah, I don't really have much to add on them. Oh. <laughs> God, suddenly I want to take a nap. Well, I think I think this is a good place to to, to wrap it, um, you know. So we'll we'll see how the, the Yankees and Mets shake out over the next few days. Uh, probably record another one of these midweek. Um, but yeah, glad to, you know both both uh, New York teams very good on the draft. I think so. I, mean, I think they both did what they had to do, and you know you move this thing forward. Knicks definitely uh, should be in the mix if Lillard becomes available. I Knicks think- in the mix. Mix in the mix.
1: Um, you know, and uh, yeah. Sounds like the uh, the opening song for the Pete and Faz show. <laughs>
0: still, we, no, we, we are anti-intro entrance music. No intro music. We're the late no, 80s. It's like Chris Candido. No gimmicks necessary.
1: We're the, we're the late 80s Andre the Giant. I love it. Um, check us out
0: at Pete and Faz on Twitter. Pete, the Pete and Faz show now on uh, Facebook.
1: We have our email address. Was it Pete and... It Pete oh, God. And I got to look this up again. Pete and Faz show. Good. It's, it's just, there's so many things. I can barely remember God, what God. I had for breakfast uh, this morning. At
0: WGBB Sports Talk, you check out our, our show. With Zach Rosenblatt last week, which kind of foreshadowed a lot of how the, the Giants draft at least shook out. So, um, Pete and Faz show at gmail.com. There you go. You heard the man. So did lots of different ways to, to hear everything we got going on. And, uh, you know, this is podcast available all, across all platforms. Like it, share it, do whatever, all those things so that's about all I got we, we went this, this is a marathon two hours Pete Pete Feldman in the uh, lab here with me I'm exhausted I know you I'm used to used to being uh solo in here and like being like a hermit so it's nice
1: to have uh people I, I listen I'm used to doing these without a shirt on this is this is a different <laughs> this is a different well, experience good thing you kept the shirt on today. um well
0: good fun as always and uh we'll be back later on this week and uh chop it up again been fun. Take care, everybody.